This is Retro Sports Radio. Visit RetroSeasons.com for more sports history. The 1934 baseball All-Star Game was played at the Polo Grounds in New York City. It was actually the second year that the All-Star Game was played, but it's the first game in which an audio recording still exists. The game featured an unbelievable 28 future Hall of Famers and is well known among baseball historians for the performance of starting pitcher Carl Hubble. Be sure to listen closely to the first inning when Hubble strikes out five of the game's best hitters in succession. Hall of Famers Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Jimmy Fox, Al Simmons, and Joe Cronin. You can find links to more info on the featured players, teams, and stadium in the episode description. Also, please be sure to like and subscribe in order to help out our channel. Enjoy the game. Today we're out at the Polo Ground, that historic old home of the New York Giants, nestled in the lee of Coogan's Bluff on the island of Manhattan. The occasion, of course, is the playing of the second annual All-Star Baseball game between the outstanding performers of the National and the American League. And boy, what an aggregation of ball tossers are wandering around there, down there on that field right now. The pick of the world, no question about that. The crowd is tremendous, the stands are packed all the way around. If you don't know the polo ground, I'll just tell you uh, quickly that it is a double-decked affair uh, running about four, uh, four-fifths to five-sixths of the way around the entire enclosure. There are, oh, there's only a small part of the grounds out in uh, center field which is devoted to the bleachers. The rest is all double-decked grandstand. The grass looks as though it were uh, absolutely as fine as the finest uh, type of uh, golf course green. It's perfect out there today, and Henry Fabian has certainly done a great job. Every seat in the house is filled now, almost at least. I can't see any vacant seats any place from my place up here in the in the second tier uh, off third base. Uh, the, it's just about a capacity crowd right now, and undoubtedly every inch of the standing room will be taken before game time, which is in just a little less than 15 minutes. The boys have, have drawn an absolutely perfect day for baseball. It's not too hot, but it's plenty hot enough to get a good sweat up when you're working out there on the field, but not too hot and uh, to be un- not hot enough to be uncomfortable for the spectators, the customers. So it's just perfect all the way around. There's a slight breeze blowing, but not enough to affect fly balls in particular. You know, last year, the first of these all-star games was played out at Comiskey Field at Chicago, and that ended with a victory for the younger league, the Americans, the final score being four to nothing. That day, a young fellow who had his 20th birthday in big league baseball only the day before yesterday and who intends to quit as a regular at the end of this season. He broke up that ball game with a towering home run with a man on the pad. His name, as you all know, is Babe Ruth, or George Herman Ruth, as you will, and for years his specialty has been breaking up ball games. This is another year, however, and the National League is out to avenge that beating of 1933. The way that ball has been zipped around the bases so far, the dazzling infield plays both teams have been pulling off, and the great running catches of long flies the outfielders have been snagging, it seems that a man must just be a magician to slap out a safe hit. But on the other hand, when you take a look at that, those batting averages of the two murderers' rows, you must realize that they'll just snap into it one time or another and do the necessary to score some runs. Crowd. The American League will be Charlie Geringer, whose second basing and 382 batting average has been one of the big reasons why the Detroit Tigers have been such thorns in the sides of the America of the New York Yankees all season. 
crawling right along all the time. They've been on top uh, once in a while, but the Yanks have managed to cross the 4th of July, which is supposed to be the old deadline, uh, cross the 4th of July in the lead. The national batting order starts off with Frankie Frisch, the old Fordham flag, manager of the St. Louis Cardinals. By the way, as we run along, those of you who want to take these names down, be sure to have your pencil and paper, and you can get them, and then we'll run over the batting order again a little uh, uh, when we finish. Uh, Frankie Frisch, the manager of the St. Louis Cardinals and the captain of all-star nationals today, he's been camping around second base so long that that position has given up all its secrets to him. And his points this year is at a 310 clip. Heine Manush of the Washington Americans is second on the American batting order, and he'll be out there patrolling the left field garden. And he's, uh, he's the only man uh, posting a 400 batting average his average is 402, by the way. He'll look almost tough to those opposing pitchers. High trainer. High trainer, uh, a third baseman to conjure by. He's a new pirate manager, you know, and he'll take care of the hot corner for the Nationals. And if he can't do it, well, then just nobody can, that's all. He's hitting at a 352 clip, and he surely will play up to the great standard that he's set for years out there in Pittsburgh. Dave Ruth will be at his old right field stand for the Americans. The man with the all-time record of 699 home runs in his major league career and who probably has been given more intentional passes than any other man uh, ever in baseball. For the Babe, his batting average is very puny this year, 291. The Nationals' number three man is Joe Medley, who with the Dean brothers and Frankie Frisch is largely responsible for keeping the Cardinals up near the top. He's hitting 361. The American leaguer, the league has chosen Lou Gehrig, Columbia Lou of the Yankees to fill the cleanup position, and Kaikai Kyler of the Cubs gets the call from the Nationals. Gehrig on first is such an old institution that little needs be said of him. He's baseball's Iron Man, and he's well in the running for both batting and home run leadership in his league. He's batting 369 at present. Kaikai Kyler. He's a right field ball hawk, and he sports the willow wielding average of 343 at present. Next for the Americans is Jimmy Fox. We had thought he would not be playing, but he's going to play according to the official lineup. Of course, Jimmy is a great star and home run hitter for Connie Mack down in Philadelphia. And he, he, he whose first basing is just too well known to uh, need any talking about. Fox is uh, massaging the pellet at a 345 clip. He's playing third today for the Americans. Wally Berger, the Boston Braves center fielder, is a real ball hawk. One who, is, who gladdens the heart of Bill McKechnie, his manager, and one of the principal reasons why the Braves are always a menace. He's hitting his 316. Al Simmons of the White Sox of Chicago comes next in the American batting order. He'll, he'll do the center fielding. A fast, utterly graceful fly chaser and always dangerous at the plate. How many of us who were there will ever forget that athletic rally of 10 runs against the Cubs in the World Series several years ago? A rally started by Simmons' ringing home run against the left field stand. He batted twice in that inning. He's singing the ball for a 343 standing. Then we have Bill Terry on the Nationals. Memphis Bill, the manager and first backer of the Nationals. He, play, he places himself sixth in the batting order in spite of a fine average of 368 highest of the national team regulars. As everyone knows, he's also manager of the world champion New York Giants. And he's out in front now in quest of his second pennant and, of course, his second World Series. 
Joe Cronin of the Americans is not only manager of the team, but also manager of last year's American League champions, the Senators of Washington. Joe's pitching has fallen down on him a bit this year, but if those hurlers begin to click as they should, his team may be right up there yet. Joe will be in there doing a lot of short stopping, and he's much more dangerous at the plate than his 283 average might indicate in this group of terrific super sluggers. Travis Jackson, Jackson of the Giants. He bats seventh for the Nationals. He's long been called the greatest shortstop in baseball, a player who seemed to be all washed up last winter on account of trouble with his legs. But trouble just doesn't mean a thing to Jackson, and he's in there with his whipcord arm, tossing runners out from any and all positions and holding up his end with the bat with an average of 287. He's one of the most opportune hitters in the game today. Behind the bat, the Americans have Bill Dickey of the Yankees, and the Nationals have Gabby Hartnett of the Cubs, both powerful forwards for their team, both possessing fine arms to intimidate potential base dealers, and both have certainly, that's certain something that helps in steady pitchers at critical moments. Dickey is batting 322 right now, with Hartnett just exactly the same, so there's nothing to choose there. Our backstopping will be well taken care of. Two of the truly great pitchers of today will oppose each other in the starting lineup, probably for three innings each. Senor Lefty Gomez of the Yankees and Carl Hubble of the Giants. If these two are the starters, and I'm sure they will be now, uh, there should be a southpaw battle for three innings at least. That'll be worth traveling mighty far to see. Gomez has already won 14 games for the Yanks, and Hubble has a rating among many who should know as the greatest living pitcher, and by not a few, as a man who is coming along to take his place as the greatest of all time. Man, also, look at those batting orders. Not a soft spot from top, top to bottom. They're tough. Not the slightest chance for a pitching let-up. Just groove one for any man in that lot, and bang, there goes your old ball game. Will it be pitchers, or will it be hitters? A difference of opinion, eh? Well, that's what makes horse racing. Aside from the players mentioned, the Americans have, as pitchers, Red Ruffing of the Yanks, Tom Bridges of the Tigers, Mel Harder of the Indians. Tom, how's Mel going? Pretty good? Tom Manning at Cleveland ought to know all about him. Jack Russell of the Senators. Infielders, Frank Higgins of the Athletics. Jimmy Dykes of the White Sox. Outfielders, Earl Averill of the Indians. Ben Chapman of the Yanks. And Sammy West of the Browns. Of course, Tom Manning thinks that both Mel Harder and Earl Averill should be right in there now in the beginning of the game. But they're not. We'll probably see them all later. Uh, catching, uh, Rick Farrell of the Red Sox. I'm talking about uh, extra players now, you know. The Nationals have, as pitchers, Ron Warnicke. That's great stop for the Cubs. Dizzy Dean, who with his brother is keeping the cards right up near the top. Van Mungo from the Dodgers. And over in Brooklyn, they think Van Mungo is the greatest pitcher in either league. And I'm not sure he is. With a lowly team uh, this year, unfortunately, for the Dodgers, Van Mungo has been pitching great ball. Then they also have Fred Frankhouse of the Braves. It seems to be the general opinion around among those who might know something about it that the National League pitching uh, will top the American League pitching today to some extent. But pretty soon we'll know all about it. As extra infielders in the national Nationals, Pepper Martin of the Cards. He's that baby that went crazy in just about one of 
World Series all by himself a few years ago. Three years ago. 31. Floyd Vaughn of the Pirates. It was, uh, we had thought that Floyd might go in playing shortstop right away, as, uh, as uh, Jackson has had some eye trouble, but Jackson will start. Billy Herman of the Cubs. Outfielders for the Nationals, extra men, Paul Wainer of the Pirates. Mel Ott of the Giants and Chuck Klein of the Cubs. Just think of a baseball team that keeps Paul Wainer, Mel Ott, and Chick Klein on the base. Boy, oh boy. Also, the ex- an extra catcher, Al Lopez of the Dodgers. The umpiring done done today will be by Brick Owens and George Moriarty from the American League. And Charlie Furman and Dolly Scott of the National League. Besides manager, Joe Cronin, the American team will have the services of Walter Johnson, the old master pitcher from Washington, you know. Walter Johnson will be on the coaching line, and Al Shack will also be on the line for the American League. And the National League team will be similarly served by manager Bill McKechnie and manager Casey Stengel. Casey Stengel, you know, I remember one day out here when Casey Stengel slapped out two home runs in the World Series, won a ball game for the Giants. What a day that was for old Casey. No doubt about that. Anyway, altogether, it looks as though a grand and glorious baseball game was going to begin very, very soon. The managers of the team, the captains of the teams, and the four umpires have gathered around the whole place uh, for a last-minute conference before this ball game starts. I don't think there's a seat in the house. That means there must be somewhere in the neighborhood of 55 to 60,000 people crammed in the polo grounds this afternoon on one of the most beautiful baseball days you ever saw in your life. Uh, both Gomez and Hubble are down there left, left-handing them into their catchers uh, on the sidelines, getting warmed up for the game. And uh, as I, I want you all to know that in a few moments we'll turn the microphone over to Tom Manning of Cleveland. Tom, you know, is, uh, has been telling you about World Series since time immemorial, and uh, he's also going to give us play-by-play uh, scoring today. Tommy Manning, that carrot-top redhead from Cleveland, Ohio. Here, quit that, Tom. And uh, also with us is Ford Bond. Ford, Ford, Ford Bond has been telling you all about the baseball scores daily through this season. And he's been making a fine baseball game uh, out of the news results following the game. Ford has been telling you about every game. You haven't missed a game yet, have you, Ford? No, he says he hasn't missed a game. Of course, if he falls out of this box, he might miss tomorrow's game, but uh, he will try to keep him in. The field has been cleared now. The boys are still standing around uh, the home plate, uh, Joe Cronin. And uh, Bill Terry, and I uh, see Walter Johnson is there too. And uh, I believe I, I don't know whether it's going to be before the game or not, but I believe it will. It will be the unveiling of the tablet for John McGraw. John McGraw, the little Napoleon, as he was called for many years. Yes, the drapes have been pulled back from the tablet commemorating the history of John McGraw and the Giants. It's out in center field. The, the tablet to McGraw is located just above the tomb. Or not the tomb, it isn't exactly a tomb, but the stone plaque out in center field at the center field exit, which was erected some years ago for that 
work by Captain Eddie Grant, formerly of the Giants. Uh, just above, just above the the uh, memorial to Eddie Grant uh, is a plaque to Christy Masterson, who many people say, many of the old enthusiasts claim, was absolutely the greatest pitcher of all time. Ross Young also is in memory out there with another plaque next to Christy Masterson. Ross Young, you know, was that uh, great outfielder of the New York Giants some years ago, and the Giants and the world lost him. Eddie Grant, Christy Masterson, and Ross Young, and now above all of these is placed the bronze plaque in memory of John McGraw, one of the greatest leaders of baseball men who ever lived, unquestionably, and one of the real old-timers. He and Connie Mack were the, up to a short time ago, were the only two of the real old-timers left. And now we have but one, Connie Mack, who I believe is now in his 72nd year. I believe Connie is that old, but to know Connie, you would never think he was that old. And it's a, it was a terrific blow to baseball, of course, to lose John McGraw, but he felt that he was not in good health. He resigned from his managership of the New York Giants, and they were his greatest love all his life. He had, and it wasn't very long before it seemed that the body simply could not hold the soul any longer when after he had lost his beloved giant, and so he passed from us. Now this ball game is going to start in just a very few moments, and I think Tommy Manning would like to warm himself up here talking for a few moments before this baseball game commences. Tommy Manning will uh, tell you first about the play, the play-by-play through the entire game. Between innings, we'll, Ford Bond will talk to us and uh, give us some of the high spots inning by inning. After the game, it'll be my pleasure to come back again on the microphone and talk about the game to some extent. Not too long, I hope. And uh, now this is Graham McNamee speaking. The National League is uh, the, the National Broadcasting Company. The National Broadcasting Company is sending you the details of this game, and here's Red Tom Manning. Come in, Tom. Good afternoon, everybody. As Graham has told you, it is really a great day here at the Polo Grounds in New York, and what a ball game we all anticipate. Before we get started this afternoon, I want you to know that Ford Bond is going to speak to you throughout the game, and if you don't mind, Graham McNamee, of course, has given all of us so many fine thrills uh, during his broadcasting career. We're mighty happy to tell you today, and to congratulate Graham McNamee, today is his birthday. Is that right, Ford? That's right. That's right. Graham's celebrating a birthday and showing all of his presents and claiming, what is it, 26 or 24 that he was asking about a while ago. Well, the players are all walking out now to have their pictures taken together with a few of the umpires. The National Leaguers have come out. Today, the National League are wearing their home uniforms. But, of course, each one of them decorated with their individual insignia of the teams. You see the Cardinals and the Pirates and the Giants, all of them down there. Just for a moment, while we have time, we're going to check through this batting order so that you'll have it firmly in your mind or on your sheet if you're following and keeping scores of the play-by-play account which will be given you by Tom Manning. We'll check through the American batting order here for the moment. Geringer will lead off. Geringer, the second baseman on the American lineup today. This will be followed 
by Manor. And the crowd rings out with applause for that National League crowd as they stand out. They're all having the picture taken, almost as many ball players as there are photographers, but I think the photographers outnumber them. Manor is second, then Ruth, third in the lineup, which is his usual place in the Yankees' batting order, followed by that thundering artilleryman who bombards almost every park that he gets into, 24 home runs so far this season, Lou Gehrig. First four, Geringer, Manush, Ruth, and Gehrig. Then fifth in the batting order and wearing the number five today is Fox, manning third base here in the starting lineup. Followed by that crashing center fielder, Simmons. Simmons is sixth and also wearing that number. Then Cronin, placing himself seventh in the batting order. He occupies fourth in the Senators' batting order of his home team. He's managing this club today, this American League club, and he's placed himself seventh in the batting order. Bill Dickey, the catcher, occupying the eighth place, and Gomez, the starting pitcher, the ninth. Now the players are broken up down there for the moment and are running out to their position. So we'll go through the National League batting order right quickly here. Frisch, leadoff man and second baseman of the National League team today. Trainer, third baseman and occupying the second place in the batting order. Medwick, followed by Kyler, Kai Kai Kyler, the right fielder. Then Berger, Perry, Jackson next, who is playing short. We thought that Vaughn might start, but Jackson's been chosen to start. Hartnett, Gabby Hartnett, the Cubs catcher, who is starting off as catcher for the National League, is down there now. He's put on his protector and his shin guards, and Hubble walks out and picks up a ball on the mound. And Hubble occupying the ninth position in the batting order. He's warming up now, tossing over a few to Gabby Hartnett, who wings it back. And the infielders are tossing the ball around. It goes over to Bill Terry. He wings it across on the ground over to Pat Trainer on third. Getting just about ready, and Geringer, the second baseman and leadoff man for the American League team, is up there now measuring his map and feeling of it. And here's Tom Manning to give you the start of this great game, the all-stars of the American and National League with the American League up at bat with Geringer up at the plate. And here's Tom Manning. Well, oh, just about set to go now. Thurman is behind the plate umpiring. Thurman of the National League, you know. George Moriarty of the American League is at third. Rick Owen is at first. And Dolly Stark is at second base. Dolly Gary has stepped into the batter's spot. Here's the windup. The great Paul Hubble and the first ball pitch. It's a foul down first base. Strike one. The ball is received over there by Robert Johnson, manager of the Cleveland Indians. And was delayed for a moment. The ball got away from Walter and... Bill Perry, manager and first baseman of today's game, finally receives the ball and crosses it back to the National League dugout. Now ready to go again. Getting her up, you know, spikes one. Ball, it's a fast ball. Lifts the outside corner of the plate just a little bit too high. That one was not quite as fast as the first ball that Hubble tossed in there. Or the ball one and strike one on Charlie Gellinger, you know, that great second baseman of the Detroit Tigers. Here it is, ball two, another hook ball, misses the outside corner of the plate, Hubble stood there, bending down for a moment, looking in, and it's the ball, and the count on Charlie Gellinger, ball two, and strike one, here it is, he swings, it's a base hit, Frankie Frisch dives for the ball, the ball in the center field, it's Hubble Gellinger rounding first, going to second, it's close to throw, he's safe, he's safe, at second base. That will be scored as a 
Dolly Geringer is on second. Nobody is out. Paul Hubble, the great master league southpaw of the Giants, is in the box. Here it is. Strike three! Strike three! He's out! Philadelphia Athletic is now at the plate. 
Strike one. The next one. It's a ball. High outside. And the count is ball one. And strike one. Just imagine what we've seen here in the first inning so far. Mario Boy. It's a foul upstairs in back of the plate. And the count on Frankie Bridge is strike two. And ball one. Bridge steps out of the box for a moment. Knocks the dirt off his shoes. And then steps back in there again. But he finds Lefty Gomez walking around the second base side of the box. Fumbling the rosin bag. But now we're ready to go. Strike two and ball one on by Trainer. He swings and misses. It was a tip ball that got away from Bill Dickey. So the count remains. Strike two and ball one. Well, the National League is around in front now, of course, by the score of one to nothing. This is the last half of the first inning. Nobody on. Frankie Fish, first up, smacked out a homer. Has a ground ball down second base way. Gellinger is up with it. Passes to Gary. And Trainer is out at first. One man out and nobody on. That was a nice play by Charlie Gellinger. Charlie, of course, makes a lot of brilliant plays down there at second base. He had to run over far to his right. And he whipped the ball underhand. Fell high to Lou Gary. We have one man out, and Joe Medwick is up. Joe Medwick, also the St. Louis Cardinals. He bats him right-handed. He hits the first ball, pitch a high fly deep into left field. Man who's coming over, Coleman going out. Coleman ran all the way out near the stands, but Josh failed to make the catch, and it is a strike. Coleman went a long way out for that one. Heine Manus is playing over in deep left center field for Joe Medwick. And the ball was hit just alongside of the bleachers uh, out here in the left field corner. Joe Cronin just barely had his fingertips on that ball but couldn't hold it. Players are walking back to their positions rather slowly now. Heine Manus back to left field and Cronin and Fox coming in to third and short. Now we're ready to go again. Lefty Gomez in the box. Medwick is up. Right to on the pitch. It's a foul up over the press box, and the count on Joe Medwick is strike two. Last half of the first inning. The National Leaguers won, American Leaguers nothing. Joey Medwick, one of the finest looking young ball players to come up in years, is at the plate. Strike two, and here's the pitch. Swings and misses. He thought it was a tip ball, but it was not. He is still claiming it was a tip ball. Dickey dropped the ball and tagged him out, but Medwick is still talking to the umpire, but the umpire says it was not a tip ball, and he is declared out, a strikeout. Now we have two men out, and nobody on. Joey Medwick thought that he tipped that ball, but if he did, the umpire did not hear it, and it was the third strike swinging. Two out, nobody on. Tag Tag Tyler, the Chicago Cubs is a tie in the wall through batting him right handed this afternoon. Ty is quite a ball player. He's been up a long time, and plenty of thrill he has given the National League fans. Ball, high outside. Next, hits the plate, and it's ball two. Ty Carter is up there the last half of the first inning. Two out, nobody on, and the count is ball two. He swings, hits the ground, is on shortstop way. Bowman comes up with it, tosses to Jerry, and Tyler is out at first. That retires the National League into the first inning and one run on one hit. At the end of the first inning, 
The National League is one, American League is nothing. Come in for it. And what a thrill rang through these stands when Frankie Frisch stepped up to that plate. A ball shot over, and it was called a ball. Then he settled himself, gave a hitch to his pants, wiped his hands on the dirt, picked up that bat, leaned over the plate, and looked at the next delivery that Gomez shot in, and wanged it high, hard, and far into the upper deck of the right field stand for a thrilling over. And how that does lift the fans out of their seats. A thrill when that ball leaves with the crack of the bat and smashes straight and direct for those upper right field fans. So a run came in, and Gomez settled down. Trainer, the second man in the National League batting order, who came up to count wing. He smashed it down to second base. Here he come over, threw it up fast, got it again, was over on first, and he was out. One out. National Leaguer's first inning. Then Medwick. Medwick came to bat. Struck out. Tyler came up. Got it down to Cohen. He's out corner to Gehrig. And here we go with Simmons up at bat, I believe, in the second inning. And Tom Manning coming in to give it to you. Carl Hubble, the southpaw. The Giants is in the box again. Al Simmons, the right-hand hitter, is up the pitch. Ball one. A fastball was high on the outside. As we went to the first half of the second inning, the National Leaguers are out in front by the score of one to nothing. Al Simmons leads off for the Americans in the second inning. He swings and misses a mighty swing, turning all the way around. That's a beautiful pivot to know that Simmons has. Digs his toes in the dirt, swings all around, and the count is ball one and strike one. Manager Joe Cronin is hanging around home plate. Coming up next, the pitch, strike two. There was that old screwball, came in there shoulder high, and then dove down, and Simmons swung, Simmons swung over it, and the count is strike two and ball one. First man up for the American Leaguers in the second inning. Here's the pitch. He's out. He's swinging. Strikes out. One ball. That was a change of pace offering the call. Hubble had in there. Letter high. Simmons took a good toe hold and swung. Boy, that constitutes some sort of a record. Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Jimmy Fox, and Al Simmons all striking out in succession. Boys and girls, this boy Hubble is a pitcher. Joe Cannon is up there. He gets him right-handed, you know. The first is a foul up and back. Up on top of the press box and the count on Joe Cannon is strike one. Beerman crosses out another new ball. Gabby Hartman puts it down to Bill Carey at first. Carey rubs it off a little bit and then crosses it over to Carl Hubble. First half of the second inning. One to nothing in favor of the National Leaguers. One man out, and nobody is on. Here's the pitch to Cronin. Strike two, swinging. That old blue ball of Carl Hubbles is working in there beautifully this afternoon. It must be when you strike out four hitters like that. Blue, Jerry, Cox, and Simmons. Now he has the count two and nothing on Joe Cronin. One man out, nobody on the pitch. It's too high. Ball one. That was just about the fastest ball that Hubble has passed in there this afternoon with a count two or nothing. He's a smart pitcher, you know. He's whipped that fast one in there. Here's the pitch again. Two. Good one. Strike three, swinging. He struck him out. Five strikeouts in a row for Lucky Hubble of the National League. Bat, and we have two men out and nobody on. 
Those who just tuned in, Gallagher's at first, Gallagher at second, Fallon at short, and Jimmy Fox will be out running at third. The outfielders, Ruth, Simmons, and Manus. Strike two, swinging. Wally Berger, you know, is one of the long-distance hitters of the National League. Well, as far as that's concerned, everybody out here is a long-distance hitter today. Berger's the first man up for the National Leaguers in the last half of the second. The pitch, a long smash is foul in left field. A long smash it was high over the pavilion in left field. And the here's strike two on Wally Berger. Scores one to nothing, you know, in favor of the National Leaguers. The result of Frankie Fish's home run. Frankie Fish was the first man up for the National Leaguers in the first inning. Parked it in the upper deck of the right field stands for a homer. Six, three, Wally Berger, strikes out swing. That's the second strikeout of the afternoon. Bill Curry is coming up. Bill gets a great ovation from the crowd as he steps to the plate. Bill is well liked here. In New York City, and he should be. Bill is a great ball player. Bill is the manager of the National League today. He's a left-hand hitter. The first pick, ball on. A fast ball is outside. Travis Jackson, shortstop and captain of the Giants, is next. There's a long smash in the center field, but Simmons coming in. Simmons is under it. He has it. Then Travis Jackson came to bat. 
Babbitt Jackson up, and Gomez had his number two. Jackson went down swinging, retiring the National League here in the second inning. So we come with the score one to nothing in favor of the National League into the third inning with the American League at bat and the National Broadcasting Company bringing it to you. Here's Tom Manning to tell you about the play-by-play here in the third inning. The American League is one run behind as they come to bat and Charlie Carringer, the Detroit Tigers second baseman, is again the leadoff man. First time up, Charlie singles to center field. Went to second on the center fielder's bubble. The first pitch is a ball inside. Ball two. That was a hook ball, pitch the outside corner, and the count on Charlie Carrier, who bats him left-handed, is two and nothing. Charlie Adele was born over Charlieville, Michigan, May 11, 1903. Strike, ball. Ball two and strike one. Ball get a picture of Charlie, five feet, eleven and a half, and 180 pounds. Came to Detroit in 1945 from Toronto. Got a batting average, a grand average of 382 for the year. Charlie gets a hold of next one and drives the seat into right field. And Tyler goes back and makes that right running back at the edge of the track in deep right field. Boy, that ball was hit right on the label. Looks like it was going places for a moment, but Ty Tyler turned his back with a crack of the bat and dashed out to the center track and made a sweet running catch for the first out. One down. Nobody on. High trainer Bill Terry over in the pitcher's box now having a bit of a conference with Paul Hubble. Conference is over and Heidi Manoush is coming up. Last time up, Heidi Wolf. Hit the first ball, pitch the ground on second base play. Frankie pushes up with it, crosses to Terry. Manoush is out. Two men out, nobody on. Four of those national leaders are whipping that ball around that infield with the speed of lightning. They're certainly all stepped up right on their toes this afternoon. Maybe gets a great ovation as he comes up for the second time. Last time up, Maybe look out. The American League is half of the third inning, one run behind, two out, nobody on, and Babe Ruth is up. Great ball. Rather slow curveball, just above the knees, and over the heart of the plate. They have decided to wait for another one. A cold strike. One to nothing is the count. The pitch. Ball. That was over, just a little bit too low, and the count on Babe Ruth. Ball one and strike one. The score is one to nothing in favor of the National Leaguers. First half of the third inning. Two out. Nobody on. Hubble pitching. Here it is. It's too low. Ball two and strike one on Babe Ruth. Lou Gary is hanging around home plate. Lou is coming up there next to know. Two out. Nobody on. Babe Ruth. Ball two. Strike one. The pitch. A foul over into the National League's dugout, which is along first base, and that equals the count at ball two and the strike two. There's a lot of people out there on the National League's infield. A lot of baseball players out there, incidentally, three managers, Terry Frazier and Trainer, and the captain, Travis Jackson. Two and two, the pitch. Ball three, that one drives Babe Ruth away from the plate. It was high inside, and now the, the count on the base, ball three and strike two. 
Nobody on base, you know, two out. Here's the wind-up, three and two, three and two. Ball four. That was high inside, driving the bay of the gun out of the batter's box, and he walked. Lou Gehrig coming up. Last time up, Gehrig struck out. I don't see anybody warming up for the National League as yet. So it's just possible that Bill Curry will allow Hubble to go along a little longer. Curry up. Strike one to the foul back. Babe Ruth is on first base. First half of the third inning. Two out. Jimmy Fox is hanging around home plate now. Here's the pitch. Get the hold of it along, smash the right field, over near the wall, Wheeler goes over close to the wall and makes the catch, and that's all. That was two mighty giants that inning by Gellinger and Gary, but it's all over for the American Leaguers in the first half of the third. Come in for it, Bob. Well, if Gary gets pulled around just a little harder on that one, the score, there'd have been two runs in that inning, because the babe was down on first, Gary came up, and smashed that ball hard right on the old snozzle out in the right field. If he'd have pulled it around just about 25 feet, it would have sailed over that low barrier into those right field stands. But deal? Well, that's what uh, between innings that remains are built on. Gerringer was the first man up to lead off man for the Americans in the third, and he banged a long, hard hit fly way out to the bullpen in right field. But Kai Kyler was out there with a crack of the bat and took it on the run for a ninth running catch for the first out. Then Manoush came up. Manoush banged one, a draft cutter, down to Frisch on second. He was out on a fast play, Frisch to Terry, and two men were gone. The babe came up, two out, nobody on. Count went to three and two on him, and then he got a walk. Gehrig came up and smashed that long one out into right field, but Tyler took that one right. This right field is hard to measure here. The angles are peculiar on it. Here we go into the National League chair of the third inning now, and the batter is coming into the box, and here's Tom Manning. Gabby Hartnett, he captured today's game, captured for the... Chicago Cubs right hand hitter is first up and on the first pitch from Gomez he follows it up on the roof in back of home plate and the count on Gabby Hartnett is strike one Carl Hubble the next hitter has a ground ball over the pitcher's head down short corner and in fast has it with the two Gary and Hartnett is out that was a fast play by Joe Coleman the shortstop of a lazy hopper just out of Gomez's reach now we have one man out in the National League half of the third inning. We're going to have a, a pinch hitter for Kyle Hubble. Herman, Billy Herman, a right-hand hitter, draft for Kyle Hubble. Hubble has pitched his three innings and he is through for the day. Gets the first ball, takes the high fly out in the short left field. Coleman going back, then who's in? Coleman is under it and has it for the out. That was the high fly, then who's and Coleman both going after it. Now he has two men out and nobody out. Billy Herman hitting the first ball, pitch to short left field, where it was taken by Joe Coleman. Once more, we have the top of the National League's batting order coming up. Frankie Frisch, who is responsible for the National League's advantage of one run. He smacked that home run in the first inning, high into the upper deck of the right field stand. Ball one. That was a diving curveball. That was over, but just a little bit too high. 
shot of Frankie Smith is strike one. Or ball one, rather. Ball two. The third ball is high outside, and the count is two and nothing. Two and nothing on Frankie Smith, the manager of the St. Louis Cardinals. That's a high foul down toward first base. Derrick is going back fast. Over near the stands, but it's a little too deep into the boxes and back of first base, and it's a strike. Derrick is certainly a fighting ball player. He danced over for that one. Never looked up until he got his hand on the little barrier in front of the boxes and looked up, but the ball is in the boxes a little too deep, and the count on Frankie Frick, ball two and strike one. The last half of the third inning, you know, Nobody on. Ball three. That was the curveball outside. Now the count on Frankie Fritz is ball three and strike two. The fans have settled down for just a moment now with that great excitement that we had in the first inning. It's a ball low outside and Frankie Fritz left. Gomez had Fritz in the hole that time with a count two and two, but wasn't able to get the other two over. He just missed the corner with that third ball, but the other one was plenty low and outside. And Fritz is on first, two out, and Ty Trainer is up. Ty gets that nickname when he's a kid. He was always asking for five. Ball one. That was a change of face offering. It's a little bit high and inside. National League is batting in the last half of the third. Two out, Fritz on first. There's a long foul down the right field. And it's a strike. That was a hard smash down in right field. The fans all stood up as it left the bat, but it was fouled by 15 or 20 yards. Ball one and strike one. High trainer is up. Manager in third baseman of the Pittsburgh Pilots. Foul up and back. Strike two and ball one. That ball was about forehead high. Trainer likes him high, and he fouled right into that one, but it was a foul back, and the count is strike two and ball one. Last half of the third inning, the National League is one, American League is nothing. We have two out. Frankie Fish is on first base. Lefty Gomez is in the box, and the count on Trainer is strike two and ball one. Here it is. It's a ground ball. Susie's got it in the out in the center field. Al Simmons comes up with it, and he returns the ball to Fallen at second base while Frankie Frisch pulls up at third. Frankie Frisch reaches third base standing up. A base hit for Pi Trainer. That was a ground ball to the center of the infield, and it was received by Al Simmons in center field. Now we have Joey Medwick. Joey Medwick of the St. Louis Cardinals coming up. A ball, low inside, runners on first and third, you know, last half of the third inning, two men out. Last time up, Medwick struck out. A foul back, 
evens the count at ball one and strike one. Here's the picture, last half of the third inning. The Master League is out in front by the score of one to nothing. Ty Trainer is on first. Frankie Fish is on third. Joe Medlick is up. It's a hold up at the long pass. Going, going, going. Into the upper deck of the left field stand for a home run. Frankie Fish crosses the plate. Ty Trainer is rounding third, going in. And here comes Joey Medlick. The fans are all standing up, giving Medlick a great ovation. A long home run into the upper deck of the left field stand for a home run. The National Leaguers are out in front by the score of four to nothing. Listen to that crowd for a moment. Second, but James is fine and went back to first. And so, Al Jones will 
Jones down to third base. The flat on going. Anybody's warming up, they must be. Oh, there they are, way down at center field. Oh, that's one of the National League is warming up. Well, we have two men out in the first half of the fourth inning. Joe Coleman is on first, and Earl Averill is batting for Lefty Gomez. Averill, you know, hits him left-handed. Ron Warnicke, a right-hander, is in the box to pitch. Ball on, a fastball is high inside. One to nothing is the count. No, it's funny, if Joe Thornton is a set steal now, and Abel will be declared out, he really wouldn't be in the ball game officially. Ball one is the count on Abel. Here's the pitch. It's too low. Ball two. Lonnie Warnicke, right-hander. Big ball right-hand. Out there in the box for... The National League is having replaced by Al Hubble. Oh, he's on the rubber again, ready to face Averill with a count two and nothing to pick. Ball three, a fastball is too low. Charlie Gellinger is hanging around home plate. Three and nothing is the count on Averill. Working that ball... Low outside for Earl. Three and nothing is the count. Two out. Conan is on first. It is strike ball. Ball three and strike one. That was a burning fast ball right down the old alley. Felt high. Three and one it is. Conan is on first. Two men out. First half of the fourth. The pitch. Swing. It's a long, fast going. Strike one. First half of the fourth inning. 
the score. The National Leaguers four, American Leaguers two. Two men out. April on third. Ball two and strike one. And there it is. Ball three. Ball outside. And the count is three and one. Tiny Manoush is hanging around home plate. Gets up now and pulls his trousers down and waves that bat a few times. Gabby Hartnett walks out to have a bit of a conference with his battery mate, Lon Warnicke. You know, this battery that we have in there now for the National Leaguers represents the century of progress and the city of Chicago in a big way. Gabby Hartnett, a fine catcher, and Lon Warnicke, a very, very fine right-hand pitcher. Here's the picture again. First half of the fourth inning, two out. Averill on third. Gellinger up ball three, strike one, the pitch. It's too wide, and Gellinger walks. Charlie Gellinger walks, bringing Heidi Manu, the mighty left fielder, the slugger of the Washington Senators, just coming up. Charlie Gellinger is doing right well by himself this afternoon. A base knock the first time up, and the third time up to get a base on ball. Now we have Gellinger on first, Averill on third, two runs behind. Heidi Manoush is up, the left-hand batter with Ron Warnicke pitching. Here it is. Strike one. He takes a terrific cut and misses. Strike one is the count on Heidi Manoush. Anything can happen now. Everybody on the edge of their seats here waiting for it. Strike one, the pitch. It's a very high infield play over in foul territory now with Ty Trainer in the sun waiting for it, shielding his eyes. He has it. That's all for the American Leaguers in the fourth inning. That was another slow inning. The score now at the end of three and one half innings. The National Leaguers four, American Leaguers two. Come in for it. Warnicke came in to pitch for the National League in the American League's half of the fourth inning, and he first had to face Fox, who came and up, and the count went to three and two, and then he banged a hard grass cutter down to Travis Jackson, who fielded it very fast, out of the cross area, and got it to the bag just about two feet ahead of the runner. Then came up. Simmons banged that ball hard, high, and far way out to the left field grandstand, and just missed clearing by about one yard the barrier above the lower deck. He got a two-bagger on it. So the man on base, one out, and one on. And Thorne at that. Thorne smacked one to left field, just about two feet in by the left field foul line, scoring Simmons. A single for Joe Thorne. Dickey up, and he fouled the upper deck, that's a long strike, and then went down on call strike. Averill came up, banged that ball about 460 yards into right field. There's a 455-foot marker out there about 10 yards short of it. A very, very hard hit ball. A three-bagger scoring corner, bringing the score up to 4-2. to two. Geringer came up and walked, then managed to bat. A foul, a very high, towering high foul. Spainer moved over from third base and took it for the third out. Two runs in, in that inning, on Lon Warnicke. He hit Simmons, Cronin, and Averill. Three hits. Two runs, three hits, and no errors. Now we go into the National League half the fourth with a new pitcher coming in for the American League. It's the Big Red, Charlie Ruffing, who's coming in for the American League here as we go into the National League half the fourth, and here's Tom Manning to give it to you. Wally Berger is first up with Charlie Ruffing pitching. The first is a ball high inside, and Wally Berger is forced to drop to the ground. Wally Berger, 
Play center field this afternoon for the National League. Last time up, Wally struck up. A chip foul that turns off Bill Dickey's shoulder and rolls back to the stand. And the count on Wally, ball one, and the strike one. Bill Terry coming up next. Wally Berger is first up, you know, in the last half of the fourth inning. The count ball one and strike one. Strike two, Wally Berger swung at one that time that was high over his head. The umpire delays the game for a moment to brush off home plate. Wally fell down, his feet kicked all the dirt on the platter, and now it's all washed up and ready for another meal. Strike two and ball one. It is. The high fly to the infield. It's going foul and Fox under it. Fox has it. He almost dropped that. That's rolling up from the crowd. But there's a very bright sun there up over third base. Jimmy Fox stood there with his glove fielding sun from his eyes and staggered into foul territory and juggled the ball for a moment, but he hung out of it and that's what counts. One man out, nobody on. Bill Terry is up. Terry, you know, hits him left hand. Strike one. This game is being broadcast and open the four grounds in New York City by the National Broadcasting Company. Bill Terry is up, strike one, the foul back, strike two. Last half of the fourth inning, one man out and nobody out. The score, the National Leaguers four, American Leaguers two. Bill Terry is up and Travis Jackson is next. There's a foul into the seats along third base there with everybody ducking. That was a line smash, one of those bing-bing things. Now the count on manager Bill is strike two. Last half of the fourth inning, one out, nobody out. Red Ruffing of the New York Yankees, the right-hander pitching. Has a long smash upstairs in left field, but it's foul. And the count remains strike two. Charlie Ruffing, you know, is a big husky fellow. Raised around 200 pounds, six feet one. Last half of the fourth inning, one out, nobody on. Here's the pitch. The line drives into the outfield of base block. It's a single for Bill Terry. Just got the change there in the outfield. Al Simmons has moved over to left field, and Earl Averill is playing center field, and Babe Ruth in right field. Dave Ruth is in right, Earl Averill in center, and Al Simmons in left. Travis Jackson is up with Bill Terry on first and one man out. The count is ball one on Jackson. Strike swinging. Ball one and strike one. Travis Jackson, right-hand hitter, is up, ball one and strike one. Ruffing crosses over to Jerry, but Terry is alert, and he gets back. Last off of the fourth inning, one out, and the count on Jackson, one and one. 
Ball two. Dropping shoots in the curve ball, but it's low inside, and the count is ball two and strike one. Gabby Hartnett hanging around home plate. The pitch hits a foul up and back, and the count is ball two and strike two. Top of fourth inning, the National Leaguers four, American Leaguers two. One man out, and you have Bill Kelly on first. Travis Jackson is up. Red Ruffing, pitching, count of two and two, and there you have it. Ruffing is a long wind up this time, and here it is. Oh, and over. Now it's two and two. Umpire talks about a new ball. Ruffing takes the running time. He stands there facing center field. Rubbing the old ball up front. Now he's back in the box. They're ready to go. Last half of the fourth. One out. Kelly is on first. Two and two on the hitter. Jackson. It is. Powell up and back. Now we made two and two. Two, as we get ready to win the first half of the fifth inning. Get in for it. 
And he's just most colorful of all baseball games. These colorful players manning every spot on the diamond and every name in the batting order sparkling with the ability which they've shown and demonstrated and started up in the record book. Nothing came into pitch for the American League as the National Leaguers came up in the fourth. And Ruffing had Berger to face first. Berger fouled very high, and Fox, just back of third, measured it, having to warm the sun out of his eyes with the big net as it came down. He almost misjudged it, had to leap back about a foot as it came down into his glove, and it was one out. Terry up, and Terry got a ringing single in left field, went down to first. Jackson came up, had a lot of fouls, and then banged one out to center field, where Earl Averill took care of that. Then Harden at bat, two out. One on, he banged one hard down the third, where Fox took it, shot it across to Gehrig, retiring the National League in the fourth. And the score is four for the National Leaguers and two for the American League. And the National Broadcasting Company is bringing this to you from the polo ground. As we go into the fifth inning, here's Tom Manning to give you the play-by-play description. Paul Warnicking and all the Chicago Cubs is the pitcher. Babe Ruth is up. The first pitch to the Bay. It's a strike. The Bay is pulled away from home plate, and now he's talking to the umpire. But... Regardless, this is Strike. Babe Ruth struck out the first time up and walked in the third inning. Strike one on the base. The pitch. Strike two, four. Again, Babe Ruth pulls away from the plate, and the count is two and nothing. Babe is leaning on his bat now about eight or ten feet away from home plate, and is talking with the umpire. And the count is two and nothing, you know. Dave is the first man up in the fifth inning. Two goals. Columbia Lou coming up next. Two or nothing on the base to pick. Fair inside. Count on Dave Ruth now is strike two and four one. The Empire is waiting for a moment while he gets off a little whisk room and pushes off home plate. Jimmy Fox. And, and 
when Carrick struck out. Runners on first and second, nobody else. Coleman attempts to bump. It's a pop fire. On the first 
attack. Just one attempt to sacrifice, and he popped the fireball up, and Gabby Hackett ripped off his mask and went back and stumbling, took the ball on the edge of his floor, and it finally rolled into the center, and Gabby staggered and staggered some more, but was able to hang out of it for the first out. The runners were unable to advance, so we have Al Simmons on first, Jimmy Fox on second, one man out, and catcher Bill Dickey of the New York Yankees coming up. What a ball game. What catches, what hits, what plays, what plays. Here it is. A ball outside. That was a burning fastball that was outside. Dickey stepped right up there, ready to hit. One to nothing is the count. One man out of the fifth inning. The pitch. It's too low inside. And the count on Bill Dickey is ball two. That familiar whistle of Al Jack is ringing through the polo ground. Boy, how he can whistle when he's coaching there at third base. The count on Bill Dickey, ball two, the pitch. It's outside, ball three. Ball three is the count. Earl Abel coming up next. That means that the pitcher will hit in Heidi Manucci's spot. Second. Strike call. Mungo aimed that one right down the alley so high. And now the count on Bill Dickey, a left-hand batter. Ball three, strike one. Al Simmons is on first. Jimmy Fox on second. Fifth inning, one out. Strike call. Dan Mungo aimed that one right down through the heart of the potter, and it's three and two. Three balls and two strikes, runners on first and second. Will they go? Yes, they will. Let it go. It's a ball outside, and the bases are loaded. The American League attack this afternoon with one man out. This is the third occasion we've had a chance to observe it. With one man out, runners on first and second. And three and two on the batter, they are off with the pitcher's motion. That time, Fox and Simmons were off with the count three and two. Now we have the sack loaded, and Earl Averill is coming up. It was Earl Averill who had that fighting triple to deep right center field when he went into the substitute batter for Lefty Gomez. Earl Averill hit the left hand of the bases loaded, one out. Hit the ball, it was too low. That was over the plate. Abram started to step into it, but changed his mind, and it was declared a ball. Low. Pitch loaded. Six on first, Simmons on second, Fox on third, one off. Here's the pitch. It's a ball. Low outside, and the count on Averill is two and nothing. Averill looks over to the bench now, get a signal from Anakin Jokon as to whether or not to hit this triple when it comes down the alley. Not knowing the signals, of course, we can't relay it to you, but we'll see anyway. Ball two, here it is. He swings, hits it, and drives inside the first base bag at the base hit. Fox has scored, Simmons has scored, here comes Dickey to third. It's a two-base hit for Abel. Fox and Simmons have scored. Bill Dickey is on third base, Abel is on second. That is scored as a double for Earl Abel, the great little center field of the Cleveland Indians. Stepped in there as a substitute batter in the fourth inning and smacked out a long triple and coming up here now in the fifth inning with a bag loaded and with a count two and nothing 
The old triple came down the alley, and he met it right between the eyes and sailed it down the right field foul line for two bases, sending Fox and Simmons across the plate and putting the American League team out in front by the score of 6-4. Yes, indeed, it's a ball game. Now we have Bill Dickey on third base, Early Bill on second, one man out, Dan Mungo is going to remain in the pitching box. Trainer, Perry, and Hartman were out there. Sally Gehringer is up. The old baseball strategy. That meeting, from that meeting comes the strategy that Sally Gehringer, a left-hand batter, shall be purposely passed. The count is ball two, ball three. The bases will again be loaded. Sally Ruffing, who is also a great hitter, is going to bat for himself. Gehringer was perfectly passed. Yes, Charlie Gehringer is doing right well. A single and two bases on balls out of four trips to the plate. Bases loaded. Red Ruffing is up. The first pitch. Strike. Swinging. Bill Dickey is on third. Earl Averill is on second. Charlie Gehringer is on first. One man out, six to four, the American Leaguers. It's a ball, a hook ball, missed the outside corner of the plate, and the count is ball one and strike one. Dan Mungo, right-hander of the National League, is in the box. The wind-up, the pitch. It's too high, outside, ball two. Ball two and strike one. First half of the fifth inning, six to four in favor of the American Leaguers. And the count on Charlie Ruffing. Ball two and strike one. Ball three, a fastball is low inside. That one throws Charlie, Charlie Ruffing out of the box. And the count is ball three and strike one. Babe Ruth is hanging around home plate. Ball three and strike one is the count. Here's the wind up. The bases loaded. One out. He swings. He misses. Three and two is the count. Oh, this game is coming to you from the Polo Grounds in New York City and being sent to you by the National Broadcasting Company. Fifth inning, bases loaded, run out, three and two on the hitter, the pitch. It's a ground ball, it's a base hit in the left field. Dickey has scored, Averill is rounding third, Frederick has retrieved the ball, whips it into second base, carrying a stop at second. Bill Dickey and Earl Averill cross the plate, making the score eight to four in favor of the American League. We have... Ruffing on first base, Charlie Carringer is on second, and one man out. Bill Curry and Frankie Fish have walked into the pitcher's box and are having a bit of a conference with Dan Mungo. That's six runs this inning for the American Leaguers. Babe Ruth is up there, one man out, you know, runners on first and second. It's the first half of the fifth inning. Thousand throats yelling themselves forth. Oh, he takes a mighty swing and misses. Strike one. The big brave wasn't kidding on that last strike, though, I want to tell you. Strike one is the count on the page, you know. There it is. Ball. It was too high and outside. Ball one and strike one. Marathon Luke Gary hanging around home plate. 
Ball one. Strike one. Stretch the pitch. The ball to down first. Terry picks the ball up. Steps on first. For the put out. Unassisted. The runner's advancing. Dave Ruth is still wondering whether that was fair or not. That was a ball that was right on the line. Took that time on calling that one. Terry took that ball as it was bounding right over the sack and stepped on the bag for the put out of Dave Ruth unassisted. But Gellinger went to third and Ruffing went to second. Now we have Gellinger coming up with two men out. Right down the old alley for called strike.
World Series is down there swinging his bat to get himself in shape to face the pitching of the Big Red, which isn't any easy thing to do. The old argument about whether the hitters will win the game or whether the pitchers will win the game has been turned inside out and then back again here this afternoon. In the first three innings, when Hubble had it on the American League batters, and then here in the fourth and fifth, when Warnicke and Mungo have been slapped pretty freely for six runs. Six runs in the fourth, eight runs in the fourth and fifth, two in the fourth, and six in the fifth. Two in the fourth and six in the fifth. That was the number that came in. There's some sort of a conference going on down here for a moment. The umpires have walked off the field, and the boys in blue, two of them have come back on. I believe Rick Owen and George Moyardi have walked back in, the American League umpires. Where Charlie Furman and Dolly Stark, the National League umpires, are for the moment, we couldn't tell you because they disappeared from the diamond. And now, Pepper Martin has picked up two bats. He evidently thought he was going to get to step up there a moment ago, and he had dropped one of them, but he has two of them now, swinging them high and mighty just like you do tonight. He's letting it swing back over his shoulder, come down, tap his leg, and then back again. Down here for the moment, in front of the plate, is McKechnie, one of the coaches this afternoon, what a coaching staff we have and what a number of managers we have in this National League team of all-stars who are out there on the diamond. Bill McKechnie is standing there talking to George Majority for the moment while Ruffing is drawn back to tossing him to Bill Dickey. For the moment, he is stopped. The players themselves are wondering what the conference is about and it hasn't been discovered just yet. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we have here a gentleman whose voice we're sure you all know, one who became famous a number of years ago when he pulled a line which sounded like the trap shooter's huddle. Come down here, Bill Mundy. want you to say a word. Here's Bill Mundy, the gentleman from Georgia. Speak up, Bill. Thank you, bud. Good afternoon, folks of the last big ensemble. The top of the morning to those of you out in California. We're probably having this broadcast with your breakfast coffee. Quite a show these boys are putting on up here in the polo grounds today. Think of it. Just about $3 million worth of baseball flesh and dress parade. The Alpha and Omega of Diamond Perfection assembled to do model combat for most worthy cause. It serves about 50,000 people here, while the country boy like myself, it looks like about $10 million. By the way, for a long time, I've wondered just where this boy Tom Manning derived Whoever does in self and fortune and enthusiasm for his vibrant, vivid baseball broadcast. No longer in the talk, however. I met him yesterday. I found out his secret. He's red-headed. Small top. In fact, the most red-headed human being I ever saw. Picture yourself the most red-headed man, woman, and child you ever beheld. Multiply the shade of his or her hair by 25 you have a big idea of just how red-headed Tom Manning is. I'm on my vacation up here, so I'll leave you now. You go to work, Tom. Say, Bill, how's the old fellow Bobby Jones out here? Tell a midget, the best in the world, the only one you know, made a clean sweep. Two over in Great Britain, two over here. in the Atlanta boy, and Atlanta the South makes it proud of it, Thanks a lot, Bill Monday. We certainly all enjoyed your broadcast of football games. God's all the folks down in Atlanta. Ladies and gentlemen,
Today we are sending you the All-Star Game. First you might tell us that we're being delayed here for a few moments. The umpires have changed now. The game is just half over, four and a half innings with a score. The American League is eight, the National League is four. There's one change in the American League lineup now. And Benny Chapman, reputed to be one of the fastest runners in the Major League, replaces Babe Ruth in a right field for the American League. Trump ready to go now. Tupper Martin is heading for uh, Bungo. Fred Ruffing is still in the box, sticky behind the bat. Infield is the same. Fox at third, Nolan short, Geringer second, and Garrick at first. Tupper Martin, a right-hand hitter, is up the star of the 1931 series. You shall never forget Tupper Martin. What he did in that series will live forever and ever. And the count is ball two. It's the last half of the fifth inning. The score, the American League is eight, National League is four. Tupper Martin is batting for Dan Hunter. Here it is. It's a strike. Ball. Ball one. 
and strike one. Number Morris is on third base. Frankie Clayton is on first. The Cardinals are on the base. Ball one and strike one. The fifth hand ball up and back, strike two. Strike two and ball one. American Leaguer's battery at the moment is dropping in the box and Vicky behind the back. The infielder, Jerry, Gallinger, Cronin, and Jimmy Fox is playing third. Strike two, ball one on the hitter, Trainer. The pitch, it's a foul up and back. The count remains strike two and ball one. Last half of the fifth inning. Nobody else. Runners on first and second. And by Trainer is up there, falling them off with a count, strike two and ball one. Joey Medrick is up there next. Here it is. The high foul up back in the stand. Ball one. Valley Ruffing is roughing the new ball. That's not a punt. And the umpire crosses one out. The boys use it just like a towel. Wiping the punctuation all over. All right, ready to go. Strike two and ball one. Mike Trainer up. It's a foul ball. Coming up to the plate, swinging two back. 
base coach says that ball is no good. It calls things up to the umpire, Rick Owen, and starts out a new one. Bill Fallon, the old pepper box, runs all the way up and struck, picks the ball up, and hands it to Mel Harder. Harder's a word of sort of encouragement, and then runs back to his short stop position. Out on Mel Harder, it's break two and ball one. Runners on first and second, you know. Trainer on second, and Clyde is on first. Mel out is up, strike two and ball one. The pick hits outside, ball two. Ball two and strike two. Two and two, last half of the fifth inning. Eight to six in favor of the American Leaguers. Nobody out, runners on first and second. Ball two and strike two, and here it is. Graham McNamee is here celebrating him. 
first base. To the center plate at the better way, coming out with a slow ball game like this. Now three and two on the hitter. Paul Rayner is up there with runners on first and third. The count is three and two. Three and two. Here it is. It swings and misses the ball to second base. Bill Dickey whips the ball down to second base. Cut out the ceiling. The arc slides around Charlie Terrier and escapes. And Pike Plane is scored. With a count three and two. Here's that picture now. With a count three and two, Pike Plane was on third base. Cut off was on first. One man up. And with hard impatience, cut off set sail for second base. Bill Dickey. Puts the ball down a second after Rainer had swung and missed, taking two out, and fell up. Well, the throw had him beat. He stood around, Charlie Gelling in a second, and was declared safe by umpire George Moriarty. While this was going on, Mike Rainer scored, and it's eight to seven now in favor of the American League. Flying runners on second base with two out, and manager Bill, sorry, Memphis Bill, is up there at the plate. And of course, will be scored as a double steal. Perry is up. Ball one. Harder's curve ball was outside. Travis Jackson is to be the next batter. Last half of the fifth inning. The score eight to seven. Ball two. Bill Perry hitting. That last one was better high but outside. And the count is two and nothing. Two and nothing and Bellot is on second base. It is ball three. Oh, and was Brother Bill Terry ready to hit that one with the count two and nothing? Harder's trying to keep the ball low outside for Memphis Bill. And now it's three and nothing. Second, Bill Curry is on first. And Archie Bourne 
Pittsburgh Pirates shortstop batting for Travis Jackson. He hit them left-handed. The pitch. Ball. A hook ball missed the outside corner, and the count is ball one and strike one. Archie has a count of ball one and strike one. Gabby Hartnett coming up next. Here's the pitch. Ball two. That was over the high of the plate, but too low. Now the count on ball. Ball two and strike one. Somebody just remarked it's a good thing they started early. They've been playing just two hours right now. Ball two and strike one. Ball is the hitter. Runners on first and second. It is. Coming up a change of pace offering. 
That was just too low. Two and one. Here it is. Ball. Two and two. Ball two and strike two. Boy, this team has been pitching a lot of baseball this year for the St. Louis Cardinals. Brother is pitching a great game, too. Strike three, swinging. With a count, two and two. Team steps on the gas. Jumped over a burning fastball and bucked one and missed. One man out in the first half of the sixth inning. Al Simmons was playing left field. That question is up. Al Simmons and old Batson right-handed. It's the first ball pitch, a very high fly to short right center field with Chris Hatt, everybody on it. Chris gets his hands on the ball but drops it. Chris dashed out in the short right center field and Wade Wiener and Hatt away. He has both hands on the ball but it got away. And Al Simmons raced to second base. It is scored as a two-base hit. That's scored as a two-base hit for Al Simmons. In the sixth inning, nobody out. Manager Joe Cronin is up. Joe, you know, that's some right-handed. That was a very high fly ball. Must be said that Frankie Spitz was looking right up into the sun. Very possible that one of the outfielders, either Art or Paul Wayner, could have made the catch. But Quick elected to dive for it, and the last moment he had to dive for it, and the official scores were the opinion that it should be scored as a two-base hit. For a moment, while up by George Moriarty plays New York's finest out of that runway out in center field. Police are out there keeping the crowd in order, and George is of the opinion that they're in the way. Cronin hits the first ball, hits a line drive, Hobart Wayne is heading to left field, the ball rolls out to the left field corner, Simmons rounds third and scores, the goal is the switch at second base, Cronin slides, the ball arrives, Cronin is safe, a two-base hit. 9-7 in favor of the American Lakers. That was a beautiful hit by Joe Cronin, a line drive about 7 or 8 feet over Pye Trainer's head. Ball rolled out against the billboard in the left field corner. Bill Zickey is up. Strike. Call. Nobody out. Joe Foreman is perched on second base. Flexion. One man out is right. One man out. And Foreman is on second base. Bill Zickey is up. And the count is strike one. Jimmy Fox is strike Strike. Call. Two and nothing. First half of the sixth inning, nine to seven in favor of the American League team. Joe Foreman is on second, one out, and Bill Dickey, the batter, has a count of two strikes. Averill hanging around home plate. Ball one, high outside. Strike two, ball one. Dizzy Dean of the St. Louis Cardinals of the National League is in the box. A ball high outside on the count on catcher Bill Dickey is two and two. 
strike two. First half of the sixth inning, nine to seven in favor of the American League. Here's the pitch. Ball three. That was sort of a dizzy curveball. It was in there too low. Bill Dickey getting his feet out of the way of it. And now the count is three and two. Joe Cronin is on second base. Earl Averill, left-hand hitter, is next up. Three and two, the pitch. A fire back. That ball hit Lopez on the cliff. He's rubbing it around for a moment. This has been a rather large afternoon for about 60,000 baseball fans at the Polo Grounds here in New York this afternoon. Watched a lot of baseball. Three and two on the hitter. Another foul back. One of the highlights of this afternoon's game to arrive here early and watch the batting practice. You know, there's this great array of hitters out here in both leagues, finest hitters in the country. Pitchers shooting him down the alley. They were smacking him to all parts of this polo zone. Ready to go again. One out, thrown him on second. Three and two on Bill Dickey, the pitcher. Ball four, and Dickey walks. Earl Averill coming up. Averill, the center fielder, the Cleveland Indians. Came in as a substitute batter for Gomez and Sipples, who beat the field. He's been placed in the middle of the field corner. Time has been called for a moment. Al Jack is running out towards second base. Let's see. He's going to have a substitute runner, I believe. Yes. I believe Mickey Cochran is going to run for Bill Dickey. Mickey Cochran. Mickey Cochran replaces Bill Dickey and, of course, Mike will probably catch. Say he's doing a great job of managing the Detroit Tiger team. Just a half game out of first place. Dick is one fine ball player and a slow chap. Ready to go. Averill is up there with Cochran on first. Cronin on second. First pitch to Averill is a ball. A burning fastball is inside. Here it is. Ball two. Slow sweeping curveball. Outside. Come on, Earl Averill. Ball two. Now three. That ball slow inside, and now the count on Averill is three and nothing. Charlie Gavin is coming up next. Oh. oh, it's rather funny out here this afternoon watching one of these managers ordering a lot of other managers around. Three managers today, Terry and Cronin. Three and one on April. High foul up and back. And the count is three and two. All three and strike two. First half of the sixth inning in 08 to 7. 9-7, rather. 9-7 in favor of the American League. Earl Averill has a full count of 3-2. and two. Dizzy Dean, tall right-hander, is getting ready to pitch. Here it is. 3-2 and two is the count. A play at second base. Stolen slides. He's safe. Hockey ball and dashed over the back and stolen at second that time. 
Gus Lenz, Dean was ready to shoot the ball. Right work, and he turned to flip it to second base. Now he's ready again. There's the stretch. Three and two on Abril to hitter. Still fooling around, looking out for second. Now Dean steps out of the box. Hall and Joe Strong are having a little game of hide-and-go-seek down there at second base. Now finally he's ready. Here it is. Three and two. Strike three. He swings. That ball is flapped off second base. Both has it running down. All the way to short. He has thrown up. And he crosses the ball to Paul. That's going to miss. Out. Jimmy Fox came into the American League a long time ago as a catcher, then 
turned out to be third tackle and finally a first base. They tell me he looks pretty good over there at first, too. Particularly so, and he's up to the back of the back of his hand. Strike two, ball one, on Lopez. Strike three. That was a beautiful hook ball coming over there about letter high, both way down around the knees, with Lopez swinging over the ball. Well, Mr. Dean is coming up now. Mr. Dean of the St. Louis Cardinals. Tall fellow, you know, he bats them and throws them right-handed. Now harder, the Indians in the box. Mike Cochran of the Tigers behind the bat. Fouls the first one upstairs, strike. Last half of the sixth inning, scored 9-7 to in favor of the American League. Dizzy Dean, the match and the count, strike one. Ball one. Mickey Cochran takes the ball out of the dirt and whips it back to Mel Harder, 20 bats. Ball one and strike one. There's the pitch. One and one on the hitter. Strike two. Ball. Sweet serve ball. It was so high. Strike two and ball one. The American League is infield, the man just at the start. That was a ball, not so good. Two and two. Last out of the sixth inning, one man out. Frankie Fish coming up next. Two and two. Here's the line, pass to the left field, Simmons coming in fast. Oh, he makes a beautiful running catch. Lee High coming in there at top speed of that low line drive, and now he has two outs. Two outs and nobody on. Frank Fish coming up. Frankie has a home run based on balls and a single out of three trips to the plate. It was Frankie and O's, Max up, ball up into the right field, upper deck for a home run. First up in the first inning. Hang on. Otto's fastball was just a little bit too high. Otto's pitching. Cochran catching. Two outs. Last half of the sixth inning. Frankie Fish is up. Ball one. This is long ball down. Short corner comes up with it. Passes to Jerry. Fish is out. That's all for the National Leaguers in the sixth inning. It was scored. The American Leaguers nine. The National Leaguers seven. This game is being sent to you by the National Broadcasting Company. Get in for a song. Well, that's the end of the sixth round. Yes, sir, And the snappy half of the sixth just now in two. And the National League is up at bat, led off by Lopez. Lopez, the catcher, and the crowd is all getting up for the old seventh inning set. Here at the Polo Ground, the all-star game between the American and National League. Lopez led off. The count went to one ball and two strikes. And then he swung hard and went down swinging. One out. Dean then came up, Dizzy Dean, the Dizzy of the Dean brothers, as sometimes you read about him, came up and the count went to two and two, and then he smacked one into left field. Simmons coming in very fast, caught it right at his knees, making a beautiful running catch of Dean fly out into left. That was two out for the National Leaguers in the sixth. Then Frankie Frake, 
Gordon Blast came up to bat. Fish banged a hard one down to short. Gorn took it in deep short. Wheels got it down to first. The Lou Gehrig retiring the National League in the sixth. And we go into the seventh. The seventh, that's right this time, with the American League losing nine to seven. Here's Tom Manning to give you the play-by-play of the seventh inning. Roy Herman replaces Mikey Fish at second base for the National League. Willie Herman is playing second in place of Fish. Going us up, ball one. Ball two. Dizzy Dean is still in the box for the National Leaguers with a Lopez behind the back. That's not just from Lopez on skill. Scotty carrying this two and nothing. Strike hold. He had that one in there with 20 on it, too. Hold two and strike one. First half of the seventh inning. Nine to seven, the American League. Ball three. A lazy third ball is too high. Three and one. Three and two. Now he takes a straight cut at that one. Three and two. All three and straight two on Charlie going in. Look out. The line's not up here in the stand. And the count remains three and two. As it's flashed off the right field, looks like a base off. It is just inside the line. Gelling is going to second. Close, here's the throw. It's pretty close. He's out. He's out at second base. Got it, Gelling is playing one down in the right field corner. Now off the over there on the ball. Picked it up. And the ball and Gelling are arriving almost at the same time. Gelling is sliding in. Hockey Bone took that ball and lost it on Gelling for a sweet close play. Umpire George Moriarty had his nose not five inches from that play when he declared Gelling out. Well, that's another hit for Charlie. Two hits, two bases on ball. One out. Mel Harder is up. The American Leaguer's pitcher. Mel it all bats and throws right hand. Mel Hyder is up there, and the count is ball one, and strike one. First half of the seventh inning. One man out, nobody on. Here it is. Strike two. He cuts and misses. Hyder heard his fingernail swinging that time, stepped out of the box and looked at it, but he's right back in there. Strike two, ball one. The pitch swung rather feebly at that one. He started the swing and then tried to hold the swing, and it was a foul ball. Strike two and ball one. That was dangerously close to being a bunt. Strike two and ball one, and here it is. Strike three, he swings and misses. First half of the seventh inning, two men out. Penny Chapman is coming up. In the American League lineup at present, Pitcher is batting second. That occurred because Earl Averill hit for the pitcher one end of the ball game in the portion of the pitcher. Hit the first ball, hit the ball, back in the deep center field. It's going, going out against the center field bench. Chapman is rounding second. Here's the ball. Chapman is going to third. He drops at third base. That was a long crash. 
center field. Chuck Klein and Paul Wainer both dashing out there for it. That they were a mile away from him. Here's the binoculars. Both kept right on going and to the planned about against the scoreboard. That was quite a shot by Sir Benny Chapman. And how that baby can dash around the bay. Two men out. And Lou Gehrig is up. They tell me this Gehrig is quite a ball player. Two men out. Chapman on first. Dizzy Dean, the right hander is in the box. And Lou Gehrig is up. Strike one. Call. Here's the windup. Ball, a burning back ball is high on the outside on the count on Jerry gets ball one and strike two. Lou Gehrig has asked umpire Owen to examine the ball. He does. Lou Gehrig was right. Ball is tossed out of the game and now we have a new one. Count on Larrabee Lou is ball one and strike one. First half of the seventh inning, nine to seven in favor of the American League. Nine to seven. Two out. Chaplin is on third. Strike. Ball. Now the count on Lou Gehrig is strike two and ball one. Both hard as he seems looking at Derek, saying you're just a big, bad wolf, and I ain't scared. Here it is, two and one. Strike three, ball! That was a fast ball right down the alley, turn high, with plenty on it. That's all for the American Leaguers in the seventh inning. We want to mention this afternoon that His Honor, Judge Landis, is out here, as is Mrs. Landis, and many of the baseball owners throughout the American and National League. Charlie up for the old seventh inning stretch again, and here's four fans. Come in, Paul. Yes, Tom, all the Magic Parade and all the fans, the American League fans and the National League fans here in New York, out to root and doing plenty of rooting and getting plenty to root about in this all-star game with the National Broadcasting Company is bringing to you. First half of seventh league, seventh uh, inning with the American League just retiring now to let the National League come in for their half of it. They started off that time with Gary and bat went to three and two. And he smacked one up the right field side. The second was out the second. Up to Vaughn. Off swinging it down to Vaughn. And a very close decision there. Gearinger was out. Harder then came up. The count went to one and two. And he swung hard. And two men were gone. Then Ben Chapman replaced Dave Ruth in right field. Ben Chapman came up to bat. Leaned on that old apple hard. And smashed the leather way out to the bullpen in left field. 455 foot mark. From the plate. Yes, sir. 455 foot mark out there for a three bagger. He wheeled his way in the third and looked for a moment as if he wanted to try to suck it into a homer. Gary came up and went out on call strike. So we go into the National League after seven. The American League leading nine to seven. Coming down. Mike Turner, third baseman of the six foot pilots, his first step, a right hand hitter with Bell Harder in the box for the American League. And Nicky Stockton behind the back. First pitch to my trainer is a call strike. Here we go. Swings at the foul, strike two. American League in 
Winfield, is Gehrig, Gellinger, Foreman, and Fox. In the outfield at the moment, Simmons in left, Averill in center, and Chaplin in left. The battery being Harder and Cochran. Strike two on the header, Trainer. Ball one. Fastball is low outside. Cochran doesn't throw that ball down toward third. Probably thought he had a corner, but the count is two and one. Strike two and ball one. Here it is. A tip foul gets away from Cochran and the count remains. Strike two and ball one. High trainer, first man up with the National League in the last half of the seventh inning. Here it is. As a high fly toward right field, it's foul. And the count remains two and one. That was a long smash that hit the barrier in front of the scoreboard in right field. Mike Rainer has a count of strike two and ball one, leading off for the National League in the last half of the seventh inning. The American League nine, the National League seven. The pitch, a brown ball down, shortstop way, Keith Short down, has his tenth. He's out. A beautiful long throw from Keith Short by Joey Coleman. Gary stretching full length to snag that ball, and Rainer was out by a step. A pretty play by Joe Coleman. That was perhaps the outstanding infield play of the afternoon. Up to now, we say the outstanding outfield play was that catch of Mike by Carly early in the game. Chuck Bryan is up there. Chuck, you know, hits him from the port side. He swings and misses. A skip foul with Cochran Hill. That was a very pretty picture to gaze upon. Chuck Bryan, you know, takes a fine swing. Well... Third ball is low outside. Ball one and strike one. Ball one, strike one, the pitch. Ball two, which is too high. Last part of the seventh inning, one man is suddenly fired. The American League nine, the National League seven. Here it is. The foul, strike two. Count on Chuck Bryan is ball two, strike two. Bellot hanging around home plate. Ball two and strike two, one out, nobody on, last half of the seventh. No harder pitching, Jacqueline catching. As a lazy hopper down, first Gelling has it. Harder covers the line. Hard Gelling throws it away from Harder and trying to escape. That's an error for Earl on the throw. Gelling is given a charge with the error. That was a lazy hopper down, first base play. Gehrig ran over to get the ball and crossing it underhand to Harder. Harder going at top speed. Gehrig just misjudged his distance a bit and threw to the right field side of first base. Harder had his fingertips on the ball but couldn't hold it. So, of course, Gehrig will be charged with an error. Something has happened down there to Joe Cronin. Charlie Gehringer, Joe Cronin, an umpire Moriarty. Oh, Joe... Bill broke his belt down there, I believe. 
Although Flames was breaking a belt on that last play, he's probably breaking past the centers as well. That was a slow play. We had breakfast with Joe Cole this morning, and we told him he was eating too much, but well, anyway, Joe's ready to go, and we're ready to go with the last half of the seventh inning. One man out, Jeff Plane is on first, no out is up. The score is nine to seven. Anything can happen. And believe me, the fans out here at the Polo Johnson in New York are well aware of it. No out is up there. Knocks the best off the shoes, gets right in there, close to the plate, and we're ready to go. He swings, it's a high bounder down short. Coleman, to carry her. The plane flies into Gallinger and no further play could be made. Gallinger finally caught the ball over to Johnny, but it was useless. That was one of those real high bounds. It bounded about 20 feet in the air. Coleman came in fast, kicked it over to Gallinger, getting just flying on a fourth play at second, and then struck through hard into second base and upset Gallinger a little bit, just enough to make it impossible for a play. Paul Reynolds is the next hitter. Paul, you know, hits the left-handed. Now he has two men out. Not out on first base. Paul one. Paul two. Third ball. Paul Reynolds turns away from the plate, and the count is two and nothing. Last ball for the seventh inning. Two out. Two out on first base. started off with Pat Painter up to bat to face no harder, the curveball artist, and Pat Painter banged one out to deep short where Conan took, took it and shot it to Gehrig, and Painter was out at first on a very, very close decision, but a beautiful play by Conan, taking that ball and shooting it over to Gehrig. Then Klein came to bat, Chuck Klein, the heavy hitter of the Cubs, and banged one hard down to Gehrig. Harder ran over to cover first. Gehrig tossed it underhanded to Harder. It just hit the tips of his fingers and bounded out, and Plan was safe on the error. Plan on first then with one out. Nellot coming up to bat, one on and one out. Nell smacked one down to Corner. Corner tossed to Gehringer, forcing out Plan. Gehringer shot it down to Gehrig, but up had beat the throw. So it was one on and two out with Plainer at bat. Get a high fly with Gary came in and took retiring the side, and here we go into the American League half of the eighth. Here's Tom. Come in. Jimmy Fox, right hand hitter, is first up with Izzy Dean in the box, Lopez behind the bat, and Fox takes a terrific cut at the first one and misses strike one. No changes as we start the eighth inning. Ball one, a fastball is too high. Carries on first. Billy Herman on second. Long, short, minor third. Ops in right field. Paul Wayne is in center, and Chuck Klein is in left. That's correct. There's a long drag, high into left field. Chuck Klein is coming in, and Vaughn going out, and nobody is able to get to it. And Pop pulls up at second. Chuck 
Fly was playing over in deep left center field that time for Jimmy Fox, and now he's looking up towards the sun, so evidently he lost the ball in the sun. He came over and tried to reach the ball with his outstretched glove hand, but missed it by about a foot. It is justly scored as a two-page shot for Jimmy Fox. Al Simmons, another right-hand batter, is up next. Back, touches second base. Dean then picks up the rosin bag. We're ready to go. 
Got a lot of canaries out here for the moment. Everybody whistling for some unknown reason. By the wall, mocking Al Shack. Bottle two inside. Al Shack, you know, 50% of that great comedy team of Al Shack and Shack. Oh, Al starts to whistle. Everybody seems to follow suit. Strike two, ball two. Our Mikey Coughlin, the pitch. It's a ground ball, a lazy ground it on second. Coughlin is in fast, it's close. A beautiful play, and Coughlin is out at first, retiring the American Leaguers in the first half of the eighth inning. Come in for it. Well, it's now about ten minutes past four o'clock, and this baseball game started at 1.30 Eastern Daylight Saving Time. And for the two hours and 40 minutes, it's been transpiring here in the polo ground between... The American League All-Stars and the National League All-Stars and presented to you by the National Broadcasting Company. From the polo grounds here in New York, where we've just finished the first half of the eighth inning. The American League at bat, Fox came up and banged a high fly into left field and Chuck Klein, who's been playing way out deep in left center, ran hard and fast but couldn't quite get to it and went for a two-base hit for Fox. Simmons came up. Simmons came up. And Vaughn backed out into left field and took the, a fly from Simmons almost in the same place on which Fox had gotten two bases. Then Cronin came up the bat with one on and one out, lined one hard into center field. Paul Wainer moved over very fast and speared it just as it threatened to go by him. So there were two men down and still one on. Cochran came up. Cochran banged a slow one just right down about 20 feet off second base. Herman came in fast, scooped it up on the fly, turned and wheeled it over to Terry, retiring the American League in the eighth. The score is American League nine, the National League seven, as we go into the National League half of the eighth inning with Bill Terry just coming up to bat. All right, Tom Manning, come in. The American League is better, you know, as we one of the last half of the eighth inning. Mel Arder, the Cleveland Indians, is in the box. Mickey Cochran of the Detroit Tigers, the captain and manager, is behind the bat. Infield is the same. Fox is at third. Coleman at short. Geringer at second. And Jerry at first. The outfield is Chapman in right. Averill center. Simmons in left. They're ready to go with Terry left-handed in the left. Pulls his bat down as if the punt, but pulls it back, and it's declared a strike. Harder's third ball, catching the outside corner of the plate. Memphis Villa is up there, and here's the pitch. At the ball. Another curve ball. Down around Terry's feet, and the count is ball one and strike one. It's the last half of the eighth inning. The National League is two runs behind, nine to seven. Here it is. A ground ball through the box. Coleman over near the track, takes it, boom, he's out. Another pretty play by Joe Coleman. That was a ball with the front pass, fell harder, and Coleman dashed over close to second base, pushing, picked it up. And went out of position, whipped it over to Terry, and Terry was out on a fast play. Yep. Nobody on. He's on. Nobody on. Hockey Bowen, left hand hitter. All the Pittsburgh Pirates is up. Hit the first ball, pitch down short. Foreman comes up with it. The throw is wide, but Terry reaches over, strikes the ball, and he is out. Terry is getting a nice. Uh, round of applause for that cast over first base. That was a scorching ground ball, and Joe Cronin has to go to his left a little bit for it, and picks it up and has to pass fast to get Vaughn. Vaughn goes down to first base like nobody's business. 
Runner was a slow play. Two out, nobody out. Lopez is up. Hits the first ball, takes the long drive, goes to the foul line, into the stands, but it's foul. That ball hit the stands out in right field. That was fouled by about a yard and a half. Strike one, Lopez around at first base and was on his way to second. But you can't run on foul balls. These umpires are right on their toes this afternoon. They've had some pretty hairline decisions to make, particularly George Moriarty. George is over here at third and had a couple of close ones earlier in the game. Now he's over there at second and he's had a couple of plenty close ones out there at second. The boys apparently are all satisfied with these umps. Boys in blue this afternoon are doing a sweet job out here. Lopez is back to the plate. He gets the next one. A high, lazy bounder down three. Pops and carries. Lopez is out. That's the end of the eighth inning. No runs, no hits, and no errors. At the end of eight innings, the score of the American League nine, the National League seven. This game coming to you from the Polo Grounds of New York City is being presented by the National Broadcasting Company. Come in for it. Well, the junior circuit certainly made short work of the elder league in the eighth inning here. The National League came up with Bill Terry at bat, and he banged out one of his usual hard ones down to short, and Joe Conan took it on the run, got it over to Gehrig, and he was out. A sweet short stop, this man Conan. Then Vaughn came to bat, and Vaughn got up, Twister down to deep short. Conan got it right down between his ankles, picked it up through the first, and Gehrig then drew a terrific round of applause by keeping his left foot on the bag, standing out. He looked like almost two yards and winging that ball at wide throw from Conan, retiring Vaughn. And the crowd did show their appreciation of Lou Gehrig as they usually do. There's not much get fat Lou at first if it's within shooting distance of Lou's glove. Then Lopez came to bat. Lopez banged one hard down between the shortstop and third. Third base, about... 18, or at least 6 to 8 yards. But Fox went over fast, took it, got it across on that long peg from third to first, retiring Lopez. So they went down in one, two, three order. Terry, Vaughn, and Lopez in the National League half of the eighth inning. We're moving now into the ninth, the ninth inning of this all-star game with the American League coming to bat leading by two runs. They scored two runs in the fourth, six in the fifth, and one in the sixth. For a total of nine, while the National League scored one tally in the first inning, three in the third, and three in the fifth. The trail now by seven. Nine to seven is the score, with the American League coming up to bat here in the ninth inning. Here's Tom Manning to give it to you. Come in, Tom. One of the fine things of this ball game is afternoon. practically everybody out here has gotten into the ball game that was expected to on the side of the National League particularly. So far... Uh, Rick Farrell, Jimmy Dyke, Frank Higgins, and uh, West haven't broken into the lineup of the American League. All of the pitchers, practically all of the catchers, outfielders, and infielders of the National League have had their turn now. Ready to go in the first half of the ninth inning. Earl Averill of the Cleveland Indians, the left-hand batter is first up, and Frank House. Frank House of the Boston Braves, little right-hander, is on the mound for the National League. That seems to be the only change in the lineup as we play the ninth inning. National League is infield of 
Curry, Herman, Vaughn, and Trainer. Lopez got the Averill hits the next with a little pop fly to left field. Looks like a base hit. Vaughn going back. Oh, what a catch! What a catch! What a catch! What a catch. Hey, look for that applause. Friends, absolutely the outstanding fielding play of this afternoon's game insofar as we are concerned, and I think that we'll have plenty to agree with it. Hockey ball on the little shortstop of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Left his position on that drooping uh, liner, a bit of a Texas speaker by Earl Averill, and went out and took that ball way out at the edge of the uh, pavilion in the left field corner, right at the very fingertip. He kept right on going and ran until he ran into the barrier in the left field corner. That was a sweet catch by Archie Bourne. Well, with ball players like this on a diamond, anything can happen. One out, Charlie Gehringer is up. And the count is ball two. Frank out for the Boston Braves is pitching. Ball three, another one low outside. Three and nothing on Charlie Gehringer. Attracted for a moment, a great red silver plane flying over the polo ground. Carrying a walk. Carrying a walk down fourth street. It's a nice inning, it'll run out. Mel Harder is going up to hit. Harder's getting a nice round of applause from the fans here. Mel Hardy, you know, bats them right-handed. Sends the sacrifice, it's a punch down first base way, and it's foul. National League has picked the ball up. Bill Terry picks it up and says, come on, fellas, up on your toes, and puts it around. Now Frank Howe has it again, and Harder is back in the box. With a count, strike one. Charlie Carringer has been on that base a lot this afternoon. Harder again attempts to bat it's a pop fly, and Lopez is under it and takes it. That ball was only about two or three feet over his head, and about eight or ten feet toward first base. Lopez ripped off his mask, was under it. Charlie Carringer, however, was close to first base and got back safely. Now we have two men out. Penny Chapman is up. Last time up, Benny Chapman smacked one out to left center field, 455 feet away. There's a pitch out. Lopez calling for a pitch out, hoping to lift carrying her off first. Ball one. Ninth inning, Chapman is up 9-7 in the American League. It's passed over to first, no go. Benny Chapman, you know, hits him right-handed. A foul ball. Down the third baseline, and the count on Chapman is ball one and strike one. Lou Gehrig is up next. Here it is. Ball two, a fastball is high outside, and the count is ball two and strike one. Here it is. 
Long fly out to left field. Fine coming in. He stumbled, but made the catch for the third out. Jeff Klein was playing very, very deep out there again. Had to come in for that ball and over to his right, over toward the far line, but made a nice running catch, retiring the American Leaguers in the ninth inning. So the National League has come to bat two runs behind in the ninth inning. Come in for it. Go into the last half of the ninth with the National League trailing by two runs. The American League half of the ninth started off with Frank House coming into the bat to pitch for the Nationals. April was the first man to face him. April smashed a fly out right on the left field foul line, just a couple of feet in, and Vaughn brought the crowd to their feet for the great play, a great beautiful catch, running out there, going back to his position short, and making an absolutely terrific sparkling catch. There's almost no adjective that you can apply to that that would be too great or too superlative to describe Bond's great catch of Averill's fly out on the left field foul line. Erringer that came up and then got four straight and walked. So there's one on base and one out with Mel Harder came up. Mel Harder came up and tried to bunt. Banged it down the first baseline and rolled foul. So he came back to the base, picked up his bat, and again tried to pop it up just a few feet away from the home plate. Lopez ripped off his mask, ran out there under it, and took it for a nice catch, making two men gone in the American League half of the night. Chapman, then Ben Chapman came up, always a very dangerous man batting order. He smacked the fly in the left field, Klein, Chuck Klein came in very fast, stumbled, given bringing the Hearts of the fans in the mouth right before he took it. I did take it, retiring the Americans to the ninth. And here we go into the National League after the ninth, failing by two runs. The Americans, nine, the National, seven. Come in, Tom, man. Frank House was back to right hand of his up, and he plays down a beautiful bunch. Cochran is out there. Close! He's out! He's out! Why not hold in the foot? Look to the fans. Some of them are howling there. That was close. They're giving Cochran a nice hand on that play. Frank House dropped that foot. Dropped that foot. Perfect. It's all about 10 feet out for the pitch. Cochran ripped that mask off, was out and picked that ball up and whipped it over to Gary. And Frank House for a pitcher was plenty fast in getting down there. Boy, that was close and a slow play to watch. One out. Willie Herman is up. Willie and all hit some right-handed. Harder is pitching. Cochran catching. Ball back. Strike one. Billy Herman, who's playing second base, is up. Ninth inning, one man out. Bell Harder is pitching. Mickey Cochran behind the bat. Infield, Gary first, Garinger second, Coleman short, and Fox third. Here's the pitch. The ground ball just inside the third base back on the left field corner. It's a base knock. The ball turns off the wall. Simmons has it, puts it into Garinger. He flies. He's safe. A double. Inside. 
The American League battery since the fifth inning is Mel Harder, Mickey Cochran. As a long drive up in the stands, but it's foul. Ball one and strike one. With a smash up in the right field stand. Right trainer, you know, is quite a ball player. Yes, indeed. He's a right-hand hitter. And the count, ball one, strike one. The pitch. Ball two. Harder's hook ball. Missed the outside corner. And the count on Pye trainer. Ball two and strike one. Willie Herman, you know, is on second base. One man out of the ninth inning. Two runs behind. Harder's pitch. Here it is. It's a strike call. That ball got away from Cochran, rolled about four feet away, and now the count on Pie Trainer is ball two and strike two. Two and two on Pie Trainer. He gets him right-handed, you know. Here it is. He swings, and it's a drive to the outfield. Anything can happen at any time. 
Any kind of a smash car tire up, you know. Strike two ball on the pitch. As it drives down first base way, Gary fumbles the ball, crosses it to Harder. He is out of the close play, and the ball game is over in favor of the American League by a score of nine to seven. This is Tom Manning saying good afternoon from the Polo Grounds in New York, and here is Graham McAmey. Come in, Graham. Thanks, Tom. There are so many features in this ball game that we won't try to go into them at all. We'll, it's been uh, pretty almost three hours, three-hour ball game up to about one minute. The outstanding features in my mind now, just as I look back over the game, were the pitching for the first three innings of that mighty pitcher, Carl Hubble. He, he was gorgeous out there in the box, and the fielding stunt of Archie Vaughn of Pittsburgh. Those stand, those stand out in my mind. Uh, besides some of the hitting, of course. I'll tell you who did the hitting, and then the hitting, and then we'll quit. Uh, for the American League men, Geringer got two singles. Dickey got a single. Simmons got a two doubles and a single. Cronin, a single and a double. Averill, a triple and a double. Fox, a single and a double. And Ruffing, a single. Chapman, a triple. Of course, they were, they, there was only a couple of them in the game all the time. They might have, some of them might have done more. For the National League, Frisch. Frankie Frisch got a homer on the first ball pitch. Off lefty Gomez. Gomez didn't go so well today as he has been going through his American League season. Frisch got a homer and a single. Cat uh, Trainer of Pittsburgh got a two singles. Ledwick got a beautiful long home run up into the second tier of the stands in left field. Uh, got a single, trying a single, and Billy Herman, who came into the game late, got a double. Those are the outstanding features of the game this afternoon. The other, only other great outstanding feature was the tremendous length of the game. Past three hours of baseball, and it was all times here this afternoon. But it was a great game. The Americans have won again, as they did last year. Last year it was 4-2. To Today it was 9-7 in favor of the American League over the Nationals in the All-Star game played at the Polo Grounds in New York City. Uh, it's time to go now. The crowd is thrown out on the field. All get into the exit, and so will we. Uh, this is Graham Ackerman speaking, and we'll leave you now, and just by telling you that uh, the report of this game has been given to you, by Tom Manning on the play-by-play and Paul Bond between innings. And I've had the pleasure of being here, too. And uh, through the facilities of the National Broadcasting Company. Goodbye. We wish to thank the makers of Ambrosia for relinquishing their broadcast period this afternoon in order that you might hear in its entirety the program just concluded. <laughs>